he is proving to be a lot of what people thought of him. Empty calories. He puts up numbers that don't really affect winning. That's always been the knock on him. I don't think the game's Welcome into Triple Zeros, the anti hot take sports show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on X at Josh G. Buck. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at Josh G. Buck. And also, also follow the show on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and on X uh, at Three Zeros Pod. That's the number Three Zeros Pod. And of course, follow the site, clockersports.com, clockersports on uh, X and on Instagram. And the email address is contact at clockersports.com. And of course, please, if you can, like, share, rate, review. Um, all those great things for the show help us grow, help us expand, help us reach more fans. And um, man, it's been a, a little bit of a time. You know, I took a little bit of a break there after on Thanksgiving and uh, some time after you've noticed this day is a little bit later than the normal release date. That's because I am planning, again, emphasis on the planning part, uh, but I am planning on making uh, the two day split, like I said, uh, focusing on, set, at least right now, for the time being, because, you know, there's so much going on in both uh, the NBA and the NFL. But splitting the the earlier week podcast into maybe dropping that on Tuesdays and uh, letting that be the NFL one. And then uh, this one will be the recap of uh, the week that was in the NFL, but mostly it's going to be for NBA stuff. And and that will be what our focus will be today. But, you know, because it's the first one, we're going to transition into that slowly. I don't want to you know throw too much at you or myself right now and get off kilter. So we're going to start off with some NBA or some NFL action and, uh, you know, go around the league and give my picks. Because, like I said, I did miss last week. I'm not going to talk about whatever I, I was. I took some break, okay? I took some me time, okay? All right? But we're going to talk about this week's slate of games and some of the storylines going on in the NFL and some of the things that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, when the Bears come back from their bye week. So let's get right into it. Uh, as I said, the Bears are on bye this week, went into the bye with a win over the Minnesota Vikings in Week 12, an ugly 12-10 game, uh, but it, it was a dub nonetheless. Um, and then all of the, co- the talk out of that is weird. I have a very, very specific beef uh, with local radio, and it's not because... Uh, they haven't hired me, which they have, but that's not the point. Um, honestly, it's because I'm I am I am very much against making things dour just for the sake of doing it, just for the sake of conversation. Like I get there's a devil's advocate uh, aspect to being a daily show host. I get that. Um, I've worked in radio. I've worked on radio shows that aired every day. It wasn't sports, but I've worked on daily. I understand how the topic, uh, the 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 subject of topic generation can become can turn into what I'm talking about now. So I say that to say the conversation about how, well, Fields didn't show you anything uh, in that loss to the Vikings because he still fumbled the game away twice. Uh, The defense had to come and bail him out. I implore those people to kind of go back and listen to their own comments because I'm I'm 100% sure that I've heard any number of them spew many a times how it looked good, but then he dropped it in the end. Right. He dropped us off in the end. The defense couldn't help him out and then he couldn't come overcome that. Well, in this game, it looked horrible the entire time. Like 90 percent of this game just looked like a, a slog through mud with your eyes closed and your hands tied behind your back. And you're just you're just probing around. You're just trying to figure out where you're going to go. But in the end, the defense did stand up and they did give him a chance. And then he did deliver. Oh, but the two the two fumbles happened before that. The two okay, wait a minute though. 
Because all I heard when he was looking good and then losing in the end was he did all those great things and then looked look at what happened in the final drive. Well, this time the final drive came out with him on the, oh, well, if they were facing Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, they weren't. I just feel like there's a lot of looking for the other shoe or, or looking for, there's a lot of moving the goalposts. And it's kind of sick <laughs> because it's going to happen to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. And I just don't know if that's I feel like that's the, the least healthier way to, dis, to 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 discuss anything, let alone sports, because the only way to enact change as a fan is through ticket sales and through your opinions and, and letting your voice be heard and things like that. Right. But when the voice that's being heard is represented by the those in the media, it often can come out, I don't want to say jaded, but it just seems like it's already decided. And that to me feels unfair to the player, to the teammates around the player, and to those who are working currently. Um, And I say the teammates part because we've heard numerous teams. I've written about Jaquan Brisker. We've heard TJ Edwards talk about how he loves Justin Justin Fields. We've seen the support Fields has for his teammates. And and when he was sidelined, how he was supporting Tyson Bajan filling in. And yet a lot of this discourse still is, well, he hasn't done X, Y, and Z thing. And the X, Y, and Z thing is, I want to say new. But again, like I said, the goalpost has moved. It wasn't before... Well, he can't throw. Well, then he threw. Well, he can't. He can't be consistent. Uh, he can't be a consistent weapon. And then he was dynamic as hell last year. Well, they can't repeat that. They did it a little bit. They were doing it a little bit this year. Where they got took a slow start, but they got back to it. He threw. Well, he can't win. He's not going to have the game win, dude. What more? It's it. Listen, it's not going to always be pretty. And he might not ever be the the tier one tier one type of quarterback, but. How many of them are there really in the NFL? And how far is he from being a tier two? I think he's a, he's consistency away from being a tier two quarterback at worst. Consistency away. And that's not to say that he doesn't have things to clean up. That's just to say that if he could consistently do the things that we see him do well, and that's the difference for a lot of guys. I get that. But my point is that's where he's at. Consistency is key. And that's what I wrote about uh, today for Clocker Sports. Not, not, I didn't write about consistency being key. I just wrote about the numbers and left it all out there and how – Despite what may be happening for him on the field, it might be out of his hands. Uh, but I think there are more pressing needs for this team than addressing quarterback. And I know, you know, passing on the number one overall pick twice in, in two back-to-back seasons would be crazy. But it was also a bad no-no to get it into back-to-back years in the first place, right? So I don't care about that. I care about what's best for the team, what's best for the organization going forward. And we've heard about Kevin Warren's going to have, uh, he wants to have an, a non-emotional decision on the quarterback because, you know, he, he likes fields. We don't know if he likes him as a quarterback. We know he likes fields, though. Um, there, there are Big Ten ties that they have there. Front office could be in jeopardy. Head coach could be in jeopardy, which, which leaves quarterback in jeopardy as well. And that's unfortunate. But that's the reality of the situation. I just feel, I personally feel like, in better circumstances, this wouldn't be an issue. And I think we've seen, I think we've seen enough to, to, to give it a lo- another year at least, but I, and I'm not, I'm, I need to preface that by saying I am not particularly sold on this class of quarterbacks. Like a lot of people are. And I get Caleb Williams is the hottest thing since sliced bread. That's cool. I'm just, I'm not that sold on it. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, I'm always happy to be proven wrong and stuff like this. So don't ever think that I'm, I'm standing firm and I'll be a denier. No, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I don't see it happening. 
Um, and I definitely don't see him being a more successful version of Justin Fields, which is what a lot of people have pegged him as. Um, we've seen Fields deal with the criticism. We've seen him deal with the poor roster around him, which I, first and foremost, let me just say that was a disservice to everybody. Tearing down the roster like they did last year and leaving it as barren as it was didn't help your head coach, didn't help yourself if you're Ryan Poles, didn't help your young quarterback. Even if you didn't believe in him, it didn't help your young quarterback's uh, trade value for the future, whatever the case may be. It didn't help anybody. So let's just put that out there. Uh, but I just think it's it's hard to be stuck on him when there's so many other holes on this on this roster. And to find out what it is for the offense, you got to check out the article on Clocker Sports because that is where that article is going to lie uh, for this week. Again, uh, bye week, so it's not a lot of coverage going on. Uh, we'll be back this week when they come back to face the Detroit Lions uh, at home in week thir- week fourteen, excuse me, um, and has some some good stuff for you coming up there. But I just thought that, and then the other person that I, I really delved deep into into that article, uh, in that article rather, was Braxton Jones, left tackle Braxton Jones, because he's also been very polarizing for fans. A lot of fans uh, couldn't, can't wait to get him out of here. See a lot of mock drafts uh, with the Bears drafting a left tackle, a premium position. I totally one hundred percent get why you would think that, um, but with offensive linemen as is the case you know or as with Jones rather as is the case with many offensive linemen when you hear his name is only when you when you pay attention to him I am here to tell you that Jones has not been the issue either um, I am a firm believer in his ability to improve he's a fifth round pick I think that means that the learning curve is a little bit steeper doesn't mean he can't achieve it uh, and I think that when you look at the numbers and that's what I did in this article again clockersports.com uh, uh, bears offensive breakdown where does Justin Fields rank among the needs Braxton Jones is not high on the list of needs for me either uh, my my pick for the offense would be offensive line, center, uh, and at wide receiver. I think they need one more wide receiver. If we know anything about Ryan Pace, or excuse me, Ryan Poles, we know that he's going to uh, attack a position twice, and more than likely two positions twice in the draft. And I would think that receiver would be one of them. That's not to say that they don't have faith in what Tyler Scott can become, their rookie this year, what Vales Jones can ultimately become. Right, the fifth rounder from last year, who's had a rough go of it since since joining the team. Um, that's not to say I don't think they're going to re-sign Darnell Mooney or even maybe Equinemius St. Brown. But after DJ Moore, there's a lot of lot of question marks. And if you do move on from Justin Fields, you're going to want the next guy to have uh, as much of a, a good setup as possible, which I think is only going to be more damning on how they handle Fields. But that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, so I could totally 100% see them going after. Two wide receivers in the draft. Um, tight end, I think, is good. Running back, I think they could, but I think that it's it's they've proven that they can kind of not plug and play, but they can kind of fit who they want to fit in. And they already have a, run, a young guy in Roshan. I believe Khalil Herbert has another year left on this contract. I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, so even if Foreman leaves, though, they have at least Roshan back there. And Roshan has looked uh, all right. He's looked decent and has some flashes. Uh, so that that's a positive for them as well. Um, but we'll see what ultimately happens. I just, I'm. My it would be it would be center and wide receiver, not in that order. I would I we'll talk about what my draft is when I get through the defensive articles. So probably next week, I'll next episode, I'll address uh, what that is. But you know, yeah. So let's just uh, let's just leave that at that right there. So before I, I do move on, because I do want to cover a lot more NBA stuff in this episode than uh, than NFL stuff. I do want to cover some other topics. Let me see if there's anything else that I I kind of want to address before I do move on. Joe Flacco starting for the Browns. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie, is uh, is a uh, in concussion protocol, if I'm not mistaken, he's hurt. Whatever it is, he's hurt. And so Joe Flacco, Super Bowl MVP, or Super Bowl winner Joe Flacco is going to be uh, quarterbacking for the Cleveland Browns in the twenty in the year 2023 of our Lord. Year of our Lord 2023? I can never say that right. <laughs> I can never, ever utter that phrase right. So um, it is what it is, man. I just, I'm, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Zach Ertz is on the free is, is a free agent. And he's he's examining the team. Zach Ertz and and uh, Shaquille Leonard are probably two of the more higher profile late season free agents that we've had in some time. Um, I'm I think Leonard is young, Leonard's younger, obviously, so he has a little bit more to offer. But I don't I think that people might sleep on what Ertz can bring to a team if he's given the opportunity. And and we know that he's or we're hearing that he wants to land with the contenders. Saw the Chiefs mention wrote about that for last round on uh, on sports. So go ahead and check that out as well. Uh, but. Ertz has still been productive. He dealt with injuries for a couple of seasons, but he he was what seventeen appearances last last season, I believe it is either last season or the year before. But it hasn't been he hasn't been as banged up as he was for that little two year stretch there. So um, that's always a good thing. And and if you're a team like the Chiefs, like I wrote about, you know, when you're having questions about not only wide receivers but Travis Kelsey hasn't been the guy that he usually is, you know. It never hurts to have more weapons. And so I think that Ertz could be a guy that could help him. We'll, we'll see if they actually pursue him. But I think he could definitely be uh, somebody that aids them. Um, before we move on, let me go ahead and do the week 13 picks so that we can, like I said, talk about a lot of basketball. It's some it's storyline stuff, um, some results based. But, you know, I got I got some Bulls news that I got to go into a lot of um, uh, some Hawks stuff. And then obviously going to discuss the Lakers and they tie in with the uh, with the Bulls. But. Yeah. So anyway, uh, first up, we had the Thursday night game. That was the Cowboys and the Seahawks. And I want to say this. I know I'm not I'm not giving the projection because that obviously already happened. I am surprised at the Seahawks offense was able to hang as long as it did with the dab with the Cowboys defense. Not to say that I think the Cowboys defense is like the 85 Bears, but I think it was uh, at least mildly surprising to see that they were able to put up as many points, keep the, keep themselves in the game for as long as they did because Dallas came in as a, a big favorite and they were not necessarily playing that great Seahawks that is uh, coming into this contest. So it was a very big surprise for me to see them keep it as close as it was and it might be a little bit uh, of a uh, wake-up call for Dallas that, you know, if they were already not... You know, knowing they got more to do, I think they know that already. Dak's been lights out, but he's been saying that they got more to prove. Uh, if they didn't believe it before, they should definitely believe it after that contest. So let's go ahead and go through the rest of the slate here. We have the Niners at the Eagles. Um, the Niners defense is playing lights out. Uh, and and world's better than the Eagles defense is, but the Eagles have a difference maker, I think, in quarterback. And that's not to say I don't think Brock Purdy is good, uh, but I think Jalen Hurts has that it factor uh, that matters most, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks. So give me the Eagles at home. Browns at the Rams. The Browns defense is legit. Um, Joe Flacco is making his first start, I think, in like two years, though, so I'm not feeling that at all. And the Rams actually played a lot better than I expected them to last week. So give me the Rams in a, maybe a tighter game than it was against the, the, was it the Cardinals last week, whoever they faced. Um, give me the Rams over the Browns in this contest. Chiefs at Packers. I'm going to take an upset here. Um, as much as I know the Chiefs, who they are, and the juggernaut they are, and how good that defense has been this year, and not, not juggernaut offensively this year, but like juggernaut in terms of their recent history, um, I'm taking the Packers. Packers at home in Lambeau. I think it's going to be a cold game, if I'm not mistaken. That's not the point. The point is, I think the Packers play a lot, are playing a lot better than they're getting credit for. Um, there was a lot made about Jordan Love having to replace Aaron Rodgers in the drop-off that was going to result from that. But I think that was overblown when you put the system in place and all you're replacing, even if it is the conductor, if that's all you're replacing by the, by the for the most part, that's fine. I think you'll be able to deal with that, and that's exactly what, the, what is playing out for them now. Hasn't been perfect, has not been pretty, but you've seen a much easier transition for him than you would say than you have for say Fields, who has been the starter, but has obviously had to overcome a lot of changing parts around him, uh, um, as opposed to what Love has stepped into this season, his fourth NFL season, if I'm not mist- mistaken. So. Um, Good stuff from the Packers in terms of their development, their ability to develop. Um, and I think that this one, they'll pull out a tight game against the Chiefs, who have not been able to blow out a lot of teams this season anyway. And I think could find some uh, more, difficulty than they, more difficulty than they expect going up against this young and feisty Packers team. 
So that's my upset of the week is the Chiefs losing to the Packers. But I'm not, uh, I ain't going to hold you. That's just my thought process on it. Um, I skipped a whole bunch of games here. So we're going to go back up to the top. Um, the Colts and the Titans. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in either one of these teams. To be honest with you, but the Colts still have Derrick Henry. The Titans are running around on the Min- or the Colts rather are running around on Minshew Magic. The Titans still have Derrick Henry. Uh, Colts do have Jonathan Taylor. Oh no, he's hurt. So you're running around with Zach Moss and uh, Gardner Minshew back there. Yeah, give me the Titans with Derrick Henry. Despite the fact that I don't have a lot of faith in, like I said, either one of these teams. Uh, coaching staff in Tennessee, I think, is on its way out. And so, um, yeah, I, give me the Titans, but just because by default, not necessarily because I have faith in what they can do. Jets, Falcons. I would love to say the Jets here. Um, they're starting Tim Boyle. Aaron Rodgers is practicing. He's looking forward to, to week 16. I guess that should have been the storyline is that Aaron Rodgers is returning to practice. But I think we're tired of hearing about that right now. I will say this. Uh, if he turns out to be returned and I, I had to look into I'm not a, a doctor, but like, is it a partially torn Achilles, right? Was it like a slice, a minor rip in the Achilles? Because there's no way you blew your Achilles out and you come back three months. If it is, this medical procedure that he had should be being ballyhooed from here until the end of the of the earth. And it just has not happened. So I'm curious. Just curious. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm I'm wondering, did it happen? And that's that's that. So um yeah, give me the uh, Falcons over the Jets here. I just don't have faith in Tim Boyle and what that Jets offense can do, even though I really like the defense. I think the Falcons have been playing a little bit better. Um and I think that they're just a better team right now. I'm not I just don't know what's going on with the Jets. They're a weird team because for as good as the defensive defense is and as good as a coach as uh, Robert Sal is perceived to be, they have not overcome a lot. And I think that that's an issue. So that's that. Give me the Falcons. Another upset, I guess, because they are the road team. And they're not good either, but I just like the Falcons. Uh, Lions at the Saints. Give me the Lions. And again, I think it's going to be tighter than, than they might expect because the Saints defense is legitimate and that offense can put up points when it's locked in and, and the, the Lions defense is ass. Like, just to be kind, it's not it's not good. They let points up. They don't rush the passer very well. And the, um, like I said, the Saints have a stout defense that can rush the passer and can hold you down uh, uh, in terms of your passing game. So I see this being a closer game, but I do think the Lions end up coming out on top. Uh, Broncos, Texans. Uh... As much as I think the Texans are going to win the game, and I, I'm going to go with that as my pick, don't be surprised if the Broncos pull off the upset here. Russell Wilson has been playing well this season, despite the numbers not being what maybe people expect them to be when he when he became Mr. Unlimited and all that weird stuff. Uh, but the defense is playing well, and he's not, like I said, he's playing well enough to uh, win games. The Texans are, I guess, I feel maybe this is more of a pick like there's or a, a, a caveat because I just feel like they eventually have to hit a wall, but they don't, and they might not, and C.J. Stroud might not, and they could easily win this game. But I'm just saying I don't be surprised if the Broncos do come away with this game. I'm still picking the Texans, but don't be surprised if the Broncos come away with this game. Chargers at the Patriots. I'm picking the Chargers, and that's because I have zero faith in whatever the hell it is that the Patriots have become. I have no faith in the Chargers either, but I have even less faith in what is, what's going on with Bill Belichick's company uh, crew right now. I just don't know how you let it get to this point. Um, that situation has devolved further than I think anybody has ever expected it to be able to, let alone, you know, continue to. And here we are, though. At this point, looking at uh, a Patriots team that doesn't really have a quarterback, um, might be looking at one of the greatest coach in in NFL history or one of, if not the greatest coaches in NFL history, heading out the door after this season and hitting the reset button for the second time in what, five years, four years after not doing so for 20 years, 20 plus years. That's insane. That's insane. That's insane. 
That's <laughs> that's just crazy to think about how much stability they were and now how much I think things are about to probably change for this Patriots organization. It's just it's just wild to think about. Then you have the Cardinals at the Steelers. Uh, Give me the Steelers. Um, the Cardinals got Kyler Murray back, but the Steelers defense is still the Steelers defense, and I, and Mike, Mika Fitzpatrick is returning to action this week. So um, that boosts is going to be palpable, and I think they're going to be disruptive against the Cardinals team that is again has firepower, but is just not good yet still. Uh, Dolphins, Commanders, give me the Dolphins. They're going to boat race the Commanders. I have no faith in what Ron Rivera is still doing there or is still trying to do there. Um, I like Eric Bieniemy, but I'm, 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 I lost a lot of that faith too because, I mean, it just hasn't clicked. We've seen how half flashes. We have not seen any sort of consistency from him uh, in terms of anything. So, you know, I guess the development, there's go, there's been some growth behind center and not taking as many sacks or, or looking like he's being more alert in the pocket. But you got to put the, you got, I don't put lipsticks on pigs. I just try not to, at least. Uh, and so I'm going to take Dolphins, who are a well-oiled machine, going up against the Commanders, who, again, are another team looking at another uh, overhaul come this come offseason. So Panthers at the Buccaneers. Um, two bad organizations. But the Buccaneers are are still far and away better than whatever the Panthers are doing right now. They just fired Frank Reich um, a year, not even a full year into his tenure um, after they took the quarterback, Bryce Young, that he didn't want to take or he wanted the other guy, C.J. Stroud, whatever. It's a shit show down there because they also fired Josh McCown and Luke or Deuce McAllister, both quality coaches. Frank Reich is a quality coach, too. Even if he's not a head coach, he's a quality coach. And uh, But the assistance is a little bit more egregious because those guys were uh, believed to be solid. And so uh, they should land on their feet soon. But it's just it's just uh, uh, more signs that change isn't, for the sake of change isn't always a good thing. Uh, impulsive owners are, are just as detrimental as poor players. Uh, and I think that that's probably the, the greatest lesson that those guys out in Carolina should probably learn is to just sit back and let these things kind of play out and let the football people handle the football business business right mr tepper you you are an owner you've gotten rich go do what you did to be rich let them do that part of that business that's all uh switching gears because i've been spending way too much time on the nfl so i just love it what am i supposed to do switching gears though to the nba um i am not so sure if you've heard but the chicago bulls are not good and so that's led to a lot of trade speculation. And now we've gotten a word of DeMar DeRozan's preferred list of trade destinations. And they are the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. Now, the Heat one is interesting because they moved or they missed out on Damian Lillard this past offseason. And they seem to miss out on a lot of trade targets other than Jimmy Butler in recent years. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I guess, counts as well. But stars. We're talking about Jimmy Butler. And even then, Jimmy Butler had a lot of questions. He came with baggage in terms of being like a locker, bad locker room guy, which turned out to not be the case. Um, it seemed like it was on those places that he was at, but still. That was an interesting one. But the real one, I think, that, that could be a real interesting threat is New York. And here's why. New York, we know, is always looking for a star. Uh, they're a good team right now, uh, above 500, and I believe fifth place in the Eastern Conference standings. But they are... Still feeling like they're miss, missing a piece, and the Eastern Conference arms race is perpetual. Um, you have teams like the Boston Celtics and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks who are adding star-level players to their teams as well while they're already atop the conference, so you can't just sit idly by and expect to just improve <clears throat> Bulls and, and, and think that that's going to be okay. So the Knicks, our team is always linked to stars, like I said, and you got them kicking the tires on a deal with Zach Levine, uh, but not being interested because of the, the, the price tag that's been attached to him. Well... DeRozan in the final year of his contract at six years older, right? Despite being the more effective player over the past couple of seasons, could be an easier get. 
And if that's the case, it's also important to remember that DeRozan had them atop his list when he was a free agent in 2021 before signing or getting the sign-in trade to the Bulls from the Spurs. So if there's a trade destination for DeMar DeRozan, I think makes the most sense, it's the New York Knicks. Because the Knicks, like I said, have a need. DeRozan had an interest. And again, we know that they had an interest in adding something from the Bulls roster. We know they wanted Levine. Levine may not have wanted to go there because of Leon Rose, whatever the case may be. It just it's it's almost too clean, right? Because you could say, oh, what about Caruso? Because Caruso would fit with what Tom Thibodeau wants to do. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, it's it's a, it's such a clean fit that this I think would be the best option for both sides. It depends on what they get back. First round picks: Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier. Um, I think you had to add something else to that, but you know, if they, you're getting close and you're getting close enough to where if you're in Chicago, as things keep devolving, even if you got that win. Right over the over the uh, and especially because you got that one over the Bucks without DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, you had to consider your options. And I think that would be a number that that would be an interesting one. Now, as for Levine, um, we're hearing that there's not a, a substantial trade market for him. That's not a surprise either, because he's been on the trade block for the past year. And so if there was a deal for him, it would have happened a this offseason. Right. When teams have more money, but also because it wouldn't have shown that he is proving to be a lot of what people thought of him. Uh, empty, empty calories. He puts up numbers that don't really affect winning. And that was what ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, I'm going to say it right. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski said during his report about there being little to no trade market for Levine right now is that teams want to see him play winning basketball. That's always been the knock on him. So. The thing is, I still think there will be a trade market, but I think the Bulls are going to have to substantially come down from their asking price because the reality is Levine is a player who's got a lot of warts. As pretty as his game can be when he's locked in, he's got a lot of warts from questionable attitude in terms of taking responsibility for what's going on on the floor. And this is not this is not my opinion. This is what is being reported about teammates questioning him. Um, to his injury history, to his game lacking on the other end, because he can he can lock in. We've seen all in the Olympics. He can lock in defensively. He does not do it consistently enough. We heard comments from Alex Caruso, and I wrote about this for uh, Heavy on Bulls. You can go check the article out. Uh, Caruso talked about him and DeRozan not necessarily or when they're locked in. Their team is pretty hard to beat. That suggests that they're not always locked in. Why would you know the difference? Why would that even need to be a qualifier? There should be no caveat that they should always be dialed in one hundred percent. They're not, and it's evident. Um, so I think the Bulls are just going to have to come down off of that price before, if they really are as determined to get a deal for Levine done as they, as as word is they are. We'll see if it ends up happening, but I I I'm this team is devolving fast. Like I said, it's it's it came into the season hoping on a dream that something I wrote about two years ago actually before ahead of last season that it was a big risk to run it all back just for the sake of running it all back, which is what they were doing because they weren't building off success. They were building off of stumbling into the postseason on the back of a, of a surge that was built with a player who was not available to them. Now, that was the other part. They lied about that to themselves about that part. And really the fans, but mostly to themselves about Lonzo being able to come back. Him not coming back through a monkey wrench in their entire plan, but that should have been the plan, that he was not going to be there. Now, this offseason, they addressed it a little bit more, but clearly they didn't do enough, and they're where they are. It's just, it's an unfortunate set of circumstances, but it's one that they brought upon themselves and I think um, is really going to be, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to get out from under because they've traded away so much to get it to this point. And now they are, uh, they're stuck. They're kind of just stuck in neutral trying to figure out uh, what to, uh, what to do next. Elsewhere, you have 
KD, Kevin Durant, getting into a back and forth spat as he moves up the all time scoring list, which is hilarious. With uh, the Adidas, I believe it is uh, social media team. Adidas uh, is the foot brand shoe brand for Anthony Edwards, Minnesota Timberwolves star Anthony Edwards, uh, who said that he would love to see uh, KD in a pair of his shoes. KD slammed the shoes, said he wouldn't see him. The the social media team commented that KD was dusty, had to delete the tweet. And then apologize saying, or not apologize, well, apologize, but saying they thought they did from a burner account. So tongue in cheek apology. Um, listen, we talk about KD being overly sensitive and all that kind of stuff on the internet, but I think his accessibility has been something that has fit this era of, of fan interaction where people feel like they can say anything and everything to you on the internet, right? KD is not too high on his, on the horse to come down and, Interact. I'm not even going to say strike back, clap back, none of that, because sometimes it's positive. A lot of it's negative. <laughs> it's usually funny, though, and it's it's interesting. And again, like I said, it's very, very apropos for the time. And I'm not sure how much more you want other than that. Uh, but, you know, I just think it's really cool to see a player of his stature still no matter like the, the most innocuous of comments or the most you know mundane most repetitive whatever redundant rather or whatever comments and here he is nah man x y and z and i ain't got time for none of that i love it that's what you need to see um what else do we have going on tyrese halliburton is sidelined um uh, dealing with a fall on from from thursday uh he's sidelined with an illness though against the miami heat um Trying to think of other news before I talk about the Hawks and what I think is going on with these guys here. Uh, Tatum got kicked out. Uh, he said he wasn't mad at the refs. Um, this is these are all old news. And we have a slate against coming up that I want to talk about real quick today. But I'm just you know, Luke is coming back against the Thunder today. Uh, recording this again, like I said on Saturday, so this is heavy basketball day. Uh, Pat Beverly told Austin Reeves is going to be on. Is, is he's on his ass every time they, he faces the Lakers or whatever team Austin Reeves is on because of the too little from from last season when when Beverly was with the Bulls. I love it. That is so Chicago, and not because it's it's petty, but because it's petty. Like because oh no, I got to get you. I got to get the one up on you. That's the part of it that I love. Not the petty of what the what the the incident is because it's it, the reason why it's funny that that that's the the reason for Beverly is because Beverly or Reeves did it to Beverly because Beverly did it to LeBron James. Like <laughs> you're mad the payback for the payback is is my favorite bit of pettiness about it. Like oh you got me back for getting somebody else. Oh okay. Oh all right. You didn't have no reason to do that. And Pat is like no I'm saying no business. I love it. Gotta appreciate that. Terrence Ross, former Orlando Magic, former Orlando Magic swingman and current, I think Philadelphia uh, Phoenix Suns, Philadelphia Suns. Wow, Phoenix Suns swingman Terrence Ross has called it a career. Uh, one of the, I think, a dunk champion, high flyer, never really got to take off as the career. I think uh, many thought for him when he came out of uh, was it UConn, high flyer. High flyer uh, and can shoot the ball a little bit too, but got, got kind of lost in those Magic teams that are just toiling away in in nothingness for the longest time. Um, and and now it's calling it a career. He said he enjoys spending time with his family and just playing that dad role. And how do you hate that? He's had a decade, you know, long NBA career. Um, he's made a lot of money, and now he gets to go enjoy time with. That's that's the dream right there. Um, the Lakers get Rui Hachimura. Man, I did it again. Rui Hachimura and Jarrett Vanderbilt back today versus 
the Rockets. That's a, neither one of them have played in quite some time. Have Vanderbilt's only played, I believe, one game this season. Has he played this season? Vanderbilt played all, the entire season and has only uh, played one game in the preseason. Uh, Hachimura's been out for the past four handful of games or so um, with a uh, broken nose. Vanderbilt was dealing with uh, a calf strain. Leg strain, leg injury. Man, I have got to get my injury report news back up because that's the problem here. We're, we're, we're really slagging on what guys were out with, but they were out. You could be sure about that. And now they're coming back. Big booster with the Lakers because they are one of the teams who have been linked to the Bulls players, like I said, with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, you got to read the article in Heavy on Bulls about what uh, DeRozan's uh, landing spots are and how I think it's significant that the Lakers aren't there and what that really means for them. Um, also wrote it for the Lakers, Heavy on Lakers. Uh, check that out as well. Um, but the Lakers are, are a team that's want, if they want to do something big, they're going to have to probably wait till mid-December uh, and maybe even January if they want to include Hachimura in the deal. Uh, but getting Vanderbilt and Hachimura back on the floor will help them assess what they really are as a team. They've been getting by with a patchwork starting lineup. Cam Reddish has been in there. Max Christie's been in there. Torian Prince has been in there. Like It's been a lot. They've cycled from Austin Reeves in the starting lineup to the bench now. Get their whole team back out. I think Gabe Vincent is either back or close to being back, and you will see a more complete uh, picture of what you guys can be. And then they can make a decision from there. And like I said, we're getting close to that first mark, the first, the two weeks away from that first uh, uh, marker I said, that the December 15th marker. Um, they get there and they're still kind of having this inconsistency, but I can see them swinging something, uh, maybe not even something major, but just something to get them a little extra boost. If they wait, though, and they get to that, you know, closer to February, They'll probably make a major deal, and you know it could be for the Bulls guard Zach Levine, who while that market's not there, doesn't mean it's it's not existent, right? There's not a, a significant market, which means there's not a bidding war, but there could still be interested suitors. We know the Lakers' uh, interest is real per Javon Bua of the Athletic. Um, he did write Bua did that the Lakers are more focused on DeRozan and Caruso, Alex Caruso, uh, in a trade, but if the price is right and it keeps coming down to Levine, like I think it should, and probably is going to have to. They might pounce on that because Levine is the younger player, the more dynamic player, uh, even if he has not been the more efficient player uh, as of late. But you slide him to a, a third role where he's really the the number one scoring option, right? He'll be the third star, but Levine could still be the number one. Think about that, that dynamic on the Lakers because LeBron's the number one guy still, clearly. And you could say he's the number one scoring option too, but he's got the ball in his hands so much sometimes it's almost by default. So I just call him the number one option. Number one scoring option would be Levine, because Davis's primary function is def- is defense. He just happens to be really effing good on offense too. But Levine is really effing good on offense, and then all right on defense when he wants to be. You can balance those two together. You know, it kind of is a, is, is a, a really really solid match, um, especially in the post LeBron years with AD and Levine. Uh, kind of you know, I don't know if they're going to be a championship contender, but they'll be a competitive team that maybe the next super duper star wants to come and fit right in and help ter- uh, help carry and bring in whatever banner they'd be trying to achieve uh, at that point. Um, I just think that the fit with the Lakers is better there. Fit for DeRozan is better with the New York Knicks. Caruso, I think Caruso ends up going somewhere else. I'm not sure. I can see him being with Denver to try to replace uh, Bruce Brown, maybe um, in Dallas, try to help them get some defense. Um, And that, you know, or I could even see Caruso sticking around while they try to, you know, retool on the fly with something else. I don't know what that would be for the Bulls, but I could see them trying to avoid doing the full-on rebuild, even if they do end up trading both of those stars, just because I think uh, there might not be that much of an appetite for a rebuild because a rebuild takes patience. And if you're already having to hit the eject button on this group, um, I'm not sure that that patience is something that this front office will be afforded from the ownership. So um, just a couple things to keep an eye on because I'm I'm – for one, keeping my eye on um, you know how this shakes out for the Bulls. Where these guys end up, um, that's always interesting to me. 
yeah, I'm, 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 I'm always just wondering about the Bulls and 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 how a team that had such heights achieved such heights falls so far. And then, like the baseball, often reminded that it's because of ownership, just like the Sox, just like the Cubs, just like many sports organizations, it comes down to the leadership at the top. Uh, and so, it's tough. It's tough, but um, we you forge through as a fan. You just watch and hope that they they figure it out. Um, and if not, well, <laughs> well. As for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, they are still floating around 500. They can't seem to shake that. Uh, they are doing it without Jalen Johnson for the past three games now, I believe it is. Uh, and so they got a big win uh, over the San Antonio Spurs against a feisty Spurs team that I did not expect to put up that kind of a fight. Uh, but they got the win, and it came down to Trey Young taking a charge. And head coach Chris Snyder talked about Young's uh, stepping in and stepping up for his teammates in that moment and how big time, that was a big time play. And I wrote about this for Soaring Down South. You could check that out. Um, but I think the bigger thing here was just we're reaching that point. I had that same feeling with this Hawks that I had at the beginning of last season where you could feel like they're missing something. And I don't know what it is. And maybe it was it's just Jalen getting back in there and continuing to the, the, the ascension that we've seen from him so far. Uh, most improved candidate, no doubt has to be he has to be a, a candidate for most improved player if he's not then you're tripping um so maybe that's what you need but i still feel like they're lacking in the front court in terms of a size and skill and by which i mean maybe your big man can't knock down threes all the time but he's got to be able to to body up with the bigger guys consistently and when he does that he's got to be able to put the ball in the basket consistently I don't know if we see that enough from the Hawks bigs in Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongo, who they just extended, so he's probably not going anywhere. We see him extending his range. They played him a little bit more at power forward. But you're still, I think, lacking a lot in the paint, especially when you're getting against some of those matchups in the playoffs against the Joel Embiid's, um, against the, the Miles Turners in the playoffs, because you're going to see the pit. You're going to see the, the, you might run into the, the Pacers, who I think are going to make the playoffs, let me put it that way. Um, they haven't been great, but, you know, the Pacers are, are, uh, a talented bunch. The Cavaliers have size. Your your big men are smaller than all those teams, right? The the Bulls. Your big men are smaller than the Bulls. Like you just have to. You have to. I think have more size because you're, otherwise you're just capped strictly by abilities, strictly by measurements. We'll see what they do to address it if they if they even try to address it. But I think that that might be. Um, the feeling that I have there's just, and that's not to say that I don't think that Clint is a good player or, or, or Nyeka. I just feel like it's where the Hawks fall short, literally and figuratively is, is in the height department. They just seem to be outsized. A lot of times that was the issue against, in my opinion, against the, the Spurs who also had pace to match up with them. They were big. It's hard to get around. So the, the Hawks are small in the backcourt and they're small in the front court and in, in, in the pivot they're, They got some size in the wings, but your wings aren't, Engines like that Johnson is But like I said You're missing him And he's still a younger player Still coming into his own It's 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 a um, An interesting situation for them uh, As they try to figure out Who they are uh, With Quinn Snyder at the helm But I just I just could not shake the feeling That man This is, this is oddly sim- Similar to what we saw uh, From this team um, Last week So I Or not last week Last season <laughs> And so I just I'm not sure where it goes, but I would just be keeping an eye on what they try to do to kind of fix that. And they need perimeter defense too. So maybe you fix that first and then the, the Clint's deficiencies don't look nearly as glaring, right? 
you don't have guys getting penetration to the rim anyway. So there's there's even fewer attacks at him and he can withstand some of the punishment that he takes from the other bigs better. Whatever the case may be. Just keep an eye on that as the season progresses. Um, looking at a couple of today's games, I don't the Clippers and the Warriors right now. Warriors are up uh, 30 to 22 on them. Um, Timberwolves and the Hornets. Hornets are without LaMelo Ball. So again, the Timberwolves who are still playing well. Uh, Clip Cavaliers and the, the Pistons, or who are still a good team rather. Better team, better team. Cavaliers and the Pistons. Give me the Cavaliers. Magic and the Nets. Give me the Magic who are ahead of the Bulls in the standings. The Bulls help the Magic build this roster and now they have to watch them from below as Magic ascend the Eastern Conference standings. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much more time on it, but that's a damning of a, of a, of a reality for Arturis Karnischewicz and company as anything else. The team that you helped build, that you thought that you were getting the better player from, is now above you in the standings and comfortably, comfortably so. And their trajectory looks far more uh, uh, encouraging than yours does, far more positive than yours does. Just keep that under your hat. Um, Bulls, Pelicans. Levine is still out. I'm going to say the Bulls pull off another one. I'm going to say the Bulls get another win, and then they start changing some of that narrative. Maybe they start. Maybe DeRozan's fit is, is proven. I think, I think he might play this game. I know his injury is not as significant uh, as Levine's was, is, but we'll see. Heat Pacers. Um, yeah, give me the Heat without Halliburton, especially for the Pacers. Give me the Heat in that one. Heat culture at home is probably one of the more underrated things, even if it is a little bit overblown with that, that floor sign that they put down. Um, you got Hawks at the Bucks. Um, can the Hawks do what the Bulls did? I think the Hawks might catch an angry Bucks team, uh, but they shoot better than the Bucks do, and the Bucks just aren't the offensive team that they. Um, they just it's it's been ugly for them. So I think the Hawks can get out here and kind of do some things um, that'll that'll maybe get the Bucks on their heels a bit early on. They're rolling right now, and if they keep that going on, that could be trouble for the Bucks. So give me the Hawks in the upset on the road up on the road upset in this one. Uh, Thunder and the Mavericks. Give me the Mavericks at home. Um, Lucas returning, like I said, so give me the Mavericks uh, at home over the Thunder, who, who are probably a better overall team, but the star power that Luka Doncic, it, the star power that is Luka Doncic, I think is just not going to be something they can overcome today in this game. Grizzlies and Suns. Um, give me the Suns. The Grizzlies have not been a good team without John Morant, who is being sued uh, by that 17-year-old for assault. Um, just the, the the hits keep on rolling. If you're John Morant, I know he thought he was going to be almost done. He's quietly going about his business. Nope, not done yet. This is what happens when you get in trouble. It tends to snowball like this, and that's why uh, it's they say it's best to avoid those situations. Uh, Trailblazers at the Jazz. Give me the Jazz. The Trailblazers are not a good team. They're just a young team, still trying to learn their way. Nuggets, Kings. Looking forward to this one. This one, I think, is a toss-up. Um, I'm going going to go with the Kings because the Nuggets still don't have Jamal Murray yet, but uh, do they have Jamal Murray? I think Jamal Murray actually is back. So give me the toss up. I'm going to come back. I'll leave this one with the, with the, with the, with the caveat. Hold on. As I look this up. Um, and then last one, you have the Rockets and the Lakers. Uh, give me the, 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 the mm, mm. now that I think about it, I don't know because the Lakers are the better team, but the Rockets are a young team. We know young teams can get ahead of themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of kind of ride the momentum to a victory. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say that the Lakers will win it, but there is a little less confidence than I think I initially had when I started making that statement in the first place. Uh, and then Murray suffered an injury setback. That's what I thought. So give me um, 
not Murray, but give me the Kings in the matchup against the Denver Nuggets in that one. So that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck, on X at Josh G. Buck. Oh my gosh, man, I do it every single time. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. The email address is contact at clockersports.com. And of course, you can follow the show on uh, X and on Facebook uh, at Clocker Sports at 30s Pod, the number 30s Pod. Um, and you can always, always, always. Always follow me everywhere, Josh. Book, like I said, um, check out the stuff, man. Last word on sports, last word on pro football, um, heavy on Bulls, heavy on Lakers, soaring down south, and of course, everything gets aggregated over to clockersports.com. Until the very next time. Empty calories.